Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Johnny Lake, and I'm real psyched. And sitting on the couch, not quite across from me, more like kitty corner from me, the one, the only, Kevin Who. Well, uh, Johnny, uh, I feel great right now because we are <laughs> recording this in the early mornings, the early throws that, of the morning. That's why I wanted to give Sunrise. that intro. You, not only did you give that intro, which was... Louder than usual. Uh, you gave it when I was just mindlessly scrolling through my phone. Yeah, no headphones on. I wanted on. to scare you awake. <laughs> you scared me awake. How's your coffee, Kevin? Uh, it tastes great, man. It Good, I'm great. glad. I, 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 I put a little bit more sugar in yours than in mine. Oh, no, I can feel in the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How, how did you sleep? Uh, I slept fantastic for the time I was allowed it. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Say no more. Yes. How, um, so how's your week been? How, uh, what's going on? How are you feeling? Just more in general. It's been, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty decent week. Um, we had another weird nor'easter here in the northeast. As we, it's been like, what, three in the past ten days or something? Yeah. I bet you this is just the karma universe because some dumb millennial was like, you know, I kind of wish we had more snow this winter. <laughs> you mean me? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that? I said that a, a couple times. some point on February 28th? Yeah, I may have. And then uh, God was just like, or Mother Earth or whatever, was like, oh, hey, you wanted snow and rain and Mother. hail? Mother. <laughs> just trying to make this place for us. <laughs> just trying to do this for us, Harvey Arbardam. <laughs> um, Did you so- see Mother I did not. I still haven't. I saw Mother. I know you did. Was it worth the fifteen dollars? Mm. <laughs> I don't think so. Your favorite part about that movie was afterwards going. So did you get it? <laughs> yeah. No, that's my um. Yeah. It the it was so on the nose of Trump, what it was trying to push. It's like, did you get it? Did you get what it was trying to you do? You got it right. Did you get what it was trying to do? So Kevin, uh, only. Well, three days ago now, more, it's it's probably like 56 hours ago or so, uh-huh. you and I, um, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe like 60 hours ago. Who you, knows? You and I watched uh, a oh. beautiful little flick called Must Love Dogs. Yes. Diane Lane, John Cusack, Elizabeth Perkins. You update, upgraded it from movie to flick. I was going to say. I think, I, I, I I was think say. flick is in between movie and film. Okay. I don't think it deserves flick. Oh, yeah. all right, all right, fair enough. That that is your prerogative to make that argument. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just rubbed your forehead as if to say, like, I'm going to disagree. As with like you looking here. down at just my agree computer, with like me with not making eye contact. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, um, I was just trying to mix it up a little bit in terms of our um, verbiage and nomenclature. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm glad to have the discussion with you about uh, this. This piece's status as a movie or a flick or whatever have you. Well, in the 56 to 60 hours, has it grown on you? Like, now I'm not talking about our hate watch of it. I'm saying the movie specifically. Like, if you just took the movie as it is, where you're like, oh, that wasn't bad. Um,. Maybe a little bit, if at all. Probably not by much. Yeah. I, I had this weird thing in my brain because I watched um, 
I watched Mystic Pizza that same day before we watched Must Love Dogs. And for some reason, what? those two movies are like blending together for me now. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've seen Mystic Pizza, right? No. Oh, Mystic Pizza is a very good, uh, I think it's 80s, either 80s or early 90s uh, movie with, um, with uh, Julia Roberts. And she's like kind of, a, uh, she's a young woman. It's a 1988, um, it's like a coming of age film. Okay. They live in Mystic, Connecticut, and um, Julia Roberts um, as Cat Arujo, Daisy Araujo, and Jojo Barbosa are three women who are work at waitresses at this restaurant called Mystic Pizza in Connecticut. It's mm. very fun. I thought it was it was probably better than Muscle Dogs, and it's a, there's some good like '80s moments, like driving down the the road with the hot guy in the the nice convertible and. You know, Julia Roberts' hair and mm, Julia uh, Roberts was experimenting with her hair in those early days. She she had, she had a very good stylist on she, this movie. So, yeah, she had a lot of different hairstyles. She had a lot her. to work with. She had a lot of hair. Um, so yeah, I I kind of weirdly conflated Mystic Pizza and Must Love Dogs. So that probably contributed mm-hmm. to my positive feeling of it because Mystic Pizza was actually pretty good and Must Love Dogs was like. So, yeah. so you were bringing that Mystic Pizza vibe I when may you have watched been. I was actually, Dogs. I, <laughs> and I, I don't know how I feel about that. No, okay, so I was watching <laughs> Mystic Pizza with my with my partner, Joe, and I was like, at points, I was like kind of roasting it, like making fun of the movie, oh, and then yeah. I was really, I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm not sitting with Kevin right now, I can't just like sit here and take this movie apart, because <laughs> the people that are with me won't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so we watched it two days ago. Um, is there anything that's like any mysteries or anything that sticks out to you? Any kind of parts we didn't really talk about that much? I mean, it 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 kind of has soured on me over time. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I think I think it was bad. I mean, I think it was. It was really a bad, bad. movie. I think There's a reason it was, really it was in bad. the bowl. There was a reason it was in the bowl. I gotta say, looking back on the dialogue, I hate it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Well, I hate it was it. the best example of bad writing we've had thus far. It was the most obvious example of bad writing because that was probably the that was easily the worst thing in the movie was the writing, like yeah, the the set design and the acting and and um, you know, kind of just the directing and and the photography like weren't really that bad. Like if the writing yeah. had been if the writing had been so like bad. pretty good and mm-hmm. like not trying too hard and like a little bit more organic, the movie might have actually been pretty good. Well, I think you hit it on the nose there when you said organic yeah. because this movie has such artificial dialogue and it was one of those things looking back where it was all the characters were witty and smart and every single character trying to one up each other was, on like was the lines. main character in their own movie. Yeah. Exactly, and when you write like that, when you don't give characters like personality traits or anything, or like their own, you know, style of even just speech itself, it just makes all the characters sound the same. And yeah. it's just all the character. If you close your eyes, it's just like different voices of the same character. Mm-hmm. And I mean, other <laughs> maybe Christopher Plummer, but maybe I'm <laughs> Christopher Plummer was pro- was likely the highlight of the movie. But he was the highlight because we were like, "Why are you in this Captain Von Trapp? <laughs> Why are you in this movie?" But yeah, um, I just felt looking back now, I just there wasn't anything distinct about the characters, and I think 
almost though in a romantic comedy, even if you go with those traits where he's like, he's a chicken wing pizza sports guy, and she's a, you know, like that John Mulaney bit where it's like, he's Mr. Sports, and she's like Mrs. Like Bluetooth or work work. You know, even if you go with those classic cliches, at least that defines the characters. And this was yeah. just like, uh, John, you know, Cusack is a smart uh, boat builder and Diane Lane is a smart preschool teacher. And, and her sister is a smart and and uh, yeah. a little bit pushy. Um, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what she did, actually. They didn't explain that. We but. never saw her kids. We never saw Elizabeth person. Perkins' kids. She mentioned them. No, a yeah, times. they only created this backstory as much as it was like yeah. relevant and and let them do things for the in the story. And then we never had that fleshed out. And I got a I got a mystery for you. What's that? Speaking of kids, who the and I'm sorry, I'm gonna curse. Who the fuck's confirmation party was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was that? I think it was one of the cousins or the or one of the nieces. Was that one of Elizabeth of. Perkins' kids? Cause now, Probably. but like no one was sitting around the kid. Christopher Plummer was like, "This is a great day for our family." No, it was all about Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah, the whole confirmation he, party was all about him. Puts like his shoulder on the little boy's. Yeah, you know, and his hand on the shoulder of the little boy, and he's like, "This is a great day. Would you like to say anything?" Oh, never mind. Here's a poem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then he's the one to recite Brown Penny, and like that was yeah. that was pretty good. What was your? <laughs> did you have any? Um, favorite like moment or scene or like romantic comedy cliches since this was like a rom-com and we're going to talk a little bit more about rom-coms after this place. <laughs> I mean I did like that everybody knew where everybody lived even though no one had ever been to the houses before everyone lived within four or five minutes of each other walking like the like um I think at one time I predicted that uh uh Darren Mulroney was going to show up and then he did <laughs> he did like Five seconds later, I think yeah. it was. I think it was. It was most likely the. Uh, what do you call it? It was the peak of the, of the rising action in the movie. At yeah. that point, you were like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. he's here! They were just gonna get together finally and do it." Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, I like the. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty big romantic comedy thing, but every minor character being interested in the relationship of our leading female protagonist. Even the deli guy. The deli the guy. deli guy is so invested in her that, relationship that status. That kiss at the end with John Cusack and Diane Lane. A little it, much. It was like... Have they you were ever just kissed like, anyone like that in a supermarket? No, but I've also never done open mouth so quickly. Like, just they literally were just like, like let's touch tongues real quick with our giant mouths <laughs> and then not. It was like... <gasps> it, was, it was a weird kiss. I remember thinking back on that kiss and just being like, this is pretty weird. I gotta say, I think running up to the end of the movie and we were like, oh, where's the gesture? Here, com- here comes the gesture, the grand romantic gesture. What is it? I think that despite the movie underwhelming us a little bit, I thought the gesture lived up to it. Like the, the, the rowing out to the guys and John Cusack is like alone, like presumably wearing headphones because he can't hear shit. And then, like, the whole women's rowing team bringing Diane Lane's character, like, out onto the river, and then they jump in the water and all this yeah. stuff. Um, I have a thing about that, too. Oh, oh. <laughs> this movie is kind of sour on me. I don't remember a part where Diane Lane is, like, explaining to that uh, rowing team that she needs to be on 
you know, uh, no, she it's completely catch skipped. It's just it's like done they're screen. just. She just like runs up to them. I love the guy who's like, "We're sorry, lady, we're out of boats at this boat rental facility." Yeah, he's talking about boats, like they're actual boats, yeah. and he's renting kayaks and stuff. That irked me. I gotta say, yeah. that was an oversight. Um, yeah, it's like anybody was afraid to say canoe or kayak yeah, in this movie. They're canoes and kayaks, people. Yeah. They're in, uh, They're not like you know multi-hulled catamarans that he's mm-hmm. renting out to these wealthy summer people. But I did want to say, too, um, that unfortunately we were totally wrong with this romantic comedy because we so? thought it was going to be city setting. We did, yeah, We thought it was right. going to be Chicago or New York. Mm-hmm. But we forgot about the other romantic comedy trope, and that is nameless California town. yeah. There's, there's something, it, that's, that is a character in and of itself. <laughs> the nameless California nameless town. Nameless California town. And that's what this was. <laughs> nameless California town. Good looking people in nameless California town. Yeah. Always sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, still warm, even at night. Yeah. But always just wearing, you know, a t-shirt and a sweater. Yeah. Cardigan weather, maybe. Mm-hmm. Long sleeve. Or maybe a Ramones T-shirt over over a, a long sleeve, sleeve, over a waffled long sleeve T-shirt. No, it really was not. And I need to um, give you props for something. What, what was that? I wrote this down because I was re-listening to the podcast, and you had a very good joke. <laughs> okay, this is for everybody. Um, we were talking about John Cusack picking up on the cues of his date with. Diane Lane. Okay. And you said at 4830, pick up on the cues. He is John Cusack, after all. <laughs> I thought that was my weakest joke of the entire no, podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> you like that? I did not respond to you it. You didn't pick during... up on it at all at no, the time. No, I did not. But I, <laughs> listening back now, I thought, that's clever. And I should have given it more props. <laughs> Well, thanks, I actually man. did. I appreciate that. So I wanted to mention that because that is that is, you know what that is, Johnny? That, that's that, good writing. That's good writing, man. I mean, it's that it touches might, my heart. It might not be a hundred, but I, I'd say that's that's a B joke. That's a B joke. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this romantic comedy soured for you over time. For me, it's still kind of meh. But mm-hmm. after. After we had watched over the past couple of days, we'd kind of been talking a little bit about rom-coms and um, what romantic comedies we'd seen. You know, as as like men, I don't think we are maybe the authority on like the best romantic comedies of all time, or maybe just like mm-hmm. movie watchers. We had that's like not the genre in which you and I are the most devoted. But we talked about some of the movies that we liked, uh, and so do you want to like start us off with? Maybe your f- favorite mo- romantic comedy of all time, or, mm. or I know you have a, like a game that we're gonna play, so I don't want to ruin that. Yeah, but why no, don't you just well, set I don't us think up? any of the choices in the game are our favorites. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, w- I just texted you like, "What's your favorite romantic comedy?" <laughs> um, and uh, I think mine is Four Weddings and a Funeral. Ah, uh, I really like that movie a lot. I've only seen like YouTube. Or, clips I think so. I'll say that, that that I think that's a film. Yeah, I mean, I it it's kind of like um, the best Hugh Grant movie I think, and he is a charming man, Hugh Grant. Yes, he is. And I mean, it is. Doesn't that have Peter Dinklage in it as well? <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of um, um, Four Weddings and a f- Funeral. Or no, no, um, or no, wait, 
No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, the one where the dad dies. Yeah. Um, death at a funeral. Death at a funeral. Yes. That's what it is. No, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Four Weddings and a Funeral, I mean, it's very 90s, and it is just about well-to-do white people, <laughs> which, I mean... <laughs> There's endless subject matter there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there really it really is. It came out of a time where... Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it has some really funny gags and really funny jokes, uh, and I think it's just really clever and witty and well-written. And it's one of those things that you, like, think, like, I wish I could write something like that. So fully fleshed out characters, yet having so many, uh, you know, they don't really good pacing. They don't lose the movie in the rom-com tropes. Yeah. And uh, in the love story you do care about, though, Andy McDonald, she could have stepped up her acting. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> it's been... <laughs> It's been. It's been. Well, discuss that Andy McDowell <laughs> didn't really do that strong movie, and it has like a you know a, a death brother who like uh I kind of had a th death brother. <laughs> it's a movie about it's got a death brother. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, Are you trying to say it has a dead brother? <laughs> oh, I know. I added to you. Oh, brother. <laughs> he has a D E A F. Oh, Dev. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Cat Williams bit I just did there, man. <laughs> Apologies. Wow, your Cat Williams impression is. Shout out to Cat Williams. Really good on. guest spot on uh, Atlanta, episode one of season yeah. two. Yeah, very good. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway, Four Wayne's and the Funeral is probably my favorite romantic comedy. Johnny, right. what's yours? <laughs> Um, my favorite rom-com, I have these two that I always associate with, with each other, um, 50 First Dates and Along Came Polly. Okay. And I really like both of those because both of them have in, in their two lead roles, like two very, uh, established Hollywood actors in 50 First Dates. It's Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And in Along Came Polly, it is Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. So, like, we know ben those. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, oh, my God, yes. All right, that, that's, that's, that's my favorite. That's my, that's my favorite romantic comedy yeah. because it has the little the side dishes like that that mm-hmm. really make it good. Um, it's got random, weird, learning how to dance montage scenes. It's got... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman shatting himself. Yeah, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman shitting himself um, and being like overly dramatic. Uh, it has Ben Stiller awkwardly playing squash or racquetball with an intense, fearless Australian guy, which is really funny. And mm-hmm. it was just um, a little adorable. You know, definitely annoying at times and probably not the best romantic comedy as far as like rating yeah. goes or like quality over the course of my lifetime or. Or my, you know, film watching life, but um, it's it's the kind of the one I associate with just watching as probably like a young teen and just having it in my mom's house and watching it a lot of times and uh, just fun movie. Word. 
So you have a game that we're going to play. Yeah, so Johnny, it's early in the morning for us. It's quite early. And as you said before... I'm waking up, though. This, yeah. this conversation, this banter is getting me going, so... Oh, this banter is waking you up? Yeah. If only we could do this every morning. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, Johnny, as you said, we are not rom-com aficionados. No, we're not. Uh, and uh, so I texted you. I said, let's play a little game. You sent me a list of some romantic comedies you know but haven't seen in a while. And can you can you recite those back to me so I can write them down here? Uh, no, because the point of the game is I'm going to give you 20 seconds and you have to tell me as much as you can about oh, what okay, you so remember. You're give me them one at a time. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I have your list here. Do you have your list? You should have my list. Do you have your phone on you? Oh yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from the text conversation. Okay. So yes. um, I, I'm I'm ready. So I, I have five rom coms. Okay. You have 20 seconds. To tell me as much as you can about them in terms of the plot and characters, and if you remember the ending. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Are you ready, John? I am ready. Play. Do you know romantic comedies? <laughs> Is that the name of the game? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's pretty, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Sorry. I was like Hugh Grant in uh, uh Yes. Well, uh, I don't know if that sounds okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, that would, uh, I would I be. I don't say it for you. We want to name the game that. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be opposed. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That is a reference to him in that movie. Oh, fuck. All right. Um, ready? Yes. Set. Go. Ten things I hate about you. Oh, this is the one I know at least. Uh, it's got... Um, um, it's got Heath Ledger and the woman from the Bourne movies, uh, and it's just about. Honestly, I think it's about her like dating him, but not really liking him and telling him, uh, what he can do better to make women like him. Great, I feel like I watched it. Uh, Sleeping with other people. Sleeping with other people is a great movie that has um, Jason Sudeikis and um. I forget the woman's name. They are they are they are friends. They lost their virginity to each other in college. Connect back up ten minute, ten years later. One has a love addiction. The woman has a love addiction, and the man has a sex addiction. And they did, are platonic. Train wreck. Okay, uh, train wreck. Um, a woman is uh, a serial sleep arounder, and then meets a nice guy who makes her settle down and it's very funny and they, they, it's in New York and she and it's Amy, Amy knocked up knocked up um, basically kind of explains it um, man meets woman man gets woman pregnant hilarity ensues lots of dummies in that one lots of silly stuff okay <laughs> and uh, let's end with the 51st dates his 51st dates is Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore Marine biologist meets a woman. She's uh, fantastic. Turns out that uh, he realizes she starts every day over again. She has short-term memory issues. Uh, so he, they try to push through this, and eventually they stay together at the, in the end. They, you know, they have ups and downs. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, very nice ending there. Yeah. Great, Johnny. I gave you a little bit of extra time, you know. That you did. But, uh, you know, those were some great... Descriptions, you should type them up for IMDb. <laughs> so, uh, Heath Ledger and uh, the woman from the Bourne movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I apologize they, uh, to... Heath Ledger uh, and the woman from the Bourne movies. I can't remember and, uh, her names. Oh, God, they're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in high school, and uh, they're awkward, and it's funny. That was really bad. I don't think I'm going to do much better. Maybe I'd be better at, like, 3 p.m. instead of 7.15 a.m., but mm-hmm. we'll see. Okay, 
So, your movies. Are you ready, Kevin? Yes, I totally forget what I sent you. All right, number one, Notting Hill. Oh, God. Speaking of Hugh Grant, uh, it's Hugh Grant, and he owns, uh, like, a bookstore, and which is totally, like, a job out, you know, occupation you can have nowadays. And Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts. <laughs> Those are my favorite <laughs> Julia Roberts movies. She's young she's Julia Roberts. She's playing Julia Roberts. In, in, uh, in and Mystic Connecticut. I don't know. There's some line at the end when she's like, I'm a boy looking. Okay, cool. Things. Definitely, maybe. Oh, I, oh, God. This is one with like Ryan Reynolds. And I think he takes his daughter out, if I remember, because of like. Shout a, out Abby Breslin. Yeah, a terrorist attack or something. I don't know. He takes her out of school for some reason. And then you like talk about her mom, and then you don't know who the mom is. And then, spoiler alert, the mom's like Elizabeth Banks or something. I forget. But uh, it's like the whole movie is like, who's the mom? Who's the mom? And then you find out who the mom is. Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, uh, Go Birds. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They cheer on the Eagles a lot in the movie. <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper has issues. Chris Tucker has issues. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence has issues. <laughs> has issues. But I remember they get like a five something. And then like Robert De Niro at the house or something on their dance competition. And there's a big dance scene at the end. 500 Days of Summer. Oh, God. <laughs> this is like a bunch of people I know's like favorite movie, and it's like, wow, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joey Deschanel, I'm quirky, you're quirky, we're all quirky. And now we're in, sad. In this nameless California town. <laughs> <laughs> and they work at a card company, I remember, and it skips around a lot. Uh, yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> uh, my mom watches this a lot. It's just Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Falling in love. I remember there's a Civil War reenactment. And it's one of those Joshes. Like those Joshes who are now 38. Josh Gamel, Josh Hartnett. It's one of those Joshes. Josh McSomething. Yeah, it's one of those Joshes. He's like her Alabama husband, but she wants to marry her New York husband. Joshes, that's time. Josh. It's a movie about Joshes. Joshes. I don't think I did did much better there, Johnny. I don't, uh, well... We, we can look back at the tape afterwards and then decide who won. Yeah. Uh, but that was exciting. I don't, yeah. I don't usually, you know, in kind of this whole uh, podcast thing where we think about good movies as well as crappy movies, I feel like rom-coms are a little bit underserved as far as, uh, like, our eye and critique. Yeah. And it felt nice to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, Rom-coms fun. can be fun. They can be... I, I Yeah, I hope we get a few more in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not at all be opposed. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I need to... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Am I going to sneeze? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, it's not. <coughs> wow, you gave up on your sneeze. I gave up on it, and <laughs> then like, it was nope, like, no, here I come. I'm not, gonna, I'm not sneezing. <laughs> all right. Um, it is time to pick the next the next bad movie, Kevin, and it's yeah, your pick. Yeah. It's all your right, pick this week. Right. Let's get the ball. And this is another, uh, we'll take this opportunity to uh, remind people to send in recommendations to us. We would love yeah. to take uh, listener requests instead of just picking out of our own yeah. pre-populated bowl. And we're tired of our Gmail being filled with, hey, dude, do you want to increase your SoundCloud portfolio? Yeah, we've got dudes already we got dudes, oh, all over our... So interested in fully producing the kicking and streaming podcast yeah yeah people want to people want some money to put some ads we should just in respond places. to all these 
dudes who say they're producers and just be like, well, do you have any uh, movie suggestions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, we should do that. Yeah. Can you just send us, like, five or six, like, bad movies so, you've seen in your lifetime? Anything crappy you've watched recently on Netflix? <laughs> All right, Johnny. So, hope you got the Google ready because uh, I am picking them. First, we got Cowbells. And Bells spelled B-E-L-L-E-S. Oh, God. It's a 2006 romantic teen comedy film that stars American pop recording artists Allison Michalka and Amanda Michalka, uh, better known as sister Michalka duo sisters. Allie and AJ. Uh, it premiered March 4th, 2006 on the Disney Channel. Okay, yes. so this was a, a Disney Channel I wanted one. straight to TV original. I wanted one. The Michalka sisters. Taylor and Courtney are two thoroughly spoiled yet well-intentioned sisters whose hmm. widower father, Reed Callum, owns Callum Dairy. Hmm. Taylor has just gotten her license and after almost failing the test at the beginning of the movie. Okay, wow. That's great. I don't want to I don't want to give away too much more oh, cuz it's oh, okay. the plot. Let me pick the next one. Yeah, then. please pick the next one. And we got Who gets the dog? Another dog oh, one. Oh, this sounds like it might be a uh, another it's a romantic comedy this was released september 13th 2016 Ooh. the film centers on a divorcing couple couple sorry Crapper. dr olive green played by alicia silverstone and clay lonergan oh played by ryan quanton a professional ice hockey player both want custody huh. of their beloved dog wesley oh i don't know if i can do that i can want to do yeah, back to back might... romantic comedies about Dogs on the periphery. <laughs> yeah, honestly, when you were like choosing these movies, did you not do like, okay, must love dogs, that's good. All right, now what's this next? Hmm, who gets the dog? Yeah, that looks pretty good and original and different than everything else <laughs> I've put in the bowl so far. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to roast you. It's like, <laughs> what were you oh, thinking, Kevin? <laughs> oh, you thought I was thinking when I was going through Netflix? Looking at IMDb ratings? Yeah, you thought I was thinking there? Apologies. So that, it sounds like that one's already uh, out. Let's we, hear about the next one. I think we got a winner here because I think I remember picking this. Safe Haven. Safe Haven mm-hmm. is a 2013 American romance film starring Julianne Hough, Josh mm-hmm. Duhamel, and Kobe Smulders. It was released the- theatrically in North America on February 14th, 2013. The film is directed by Lasse Hallstrom and is an adaptation of Nicholas Sparks' 2010 novel, Safe Haven. I want to do Safe Haven. I'm with you, man. Okay, great. I thought you were going to fight me for it. Nah. Who gets the dog? Nah, I'm willing to jump over the the uh, the Disney Channel movies. Well, yeah, you've, 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 we've gotten... I because I watched a lot of Disney Channel movies when I was a kid. I feel like I've gotten them all out of my system. Oh, and you don't want to ruin my date with the president's daughter or something oh no that's i would i would rewatch that one with With the the president's daughter daughter. oh yeah my date with her so that was a good one that didn't have ashton kutcher in it or no no it it was an ashton kutcher lookalike no it's yeah and it had somebody else dabney coleman in it who is the commodore from boardwalk empire which is weird uh that's good i like that yeah deep cut yeah um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of any other Disney Channel original movies that I really liked. There's one I think with the blind wrestler. I don't know. Oh, like the, he's in high school. No professional. 
Okay. Okay, Kevin. Easy now. Well, that, that, that seven twenty-five sass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we've chosen our next bad movie. Um, sorry, what's it called again? Safe Haven. Um, <laughs> I already lost it. Um, but I'd like to remind the listeners once again, uh, if you have any movies that you really hate or really love to hate and want us to watch and hate as well, please send us uh, kickingandstreamingpod at gmail.com. That's all spelled out, kicking, A-N-D, streaming, P-O-D, at gmail.com, or alternatively on Twitter, at Your Fave Podcast. Yes. And we are getting some suggestions in, so thank you to the people who have. Yeah, thank you uh, to friends and coworkers. Yes, and we are adding we are adding them to the bowl. But we're looking out for you, strangers. We want some random, faceless internet people God, to, just, to hit us up. Yeah, we're our three uh, our three listeners in Bahrain. Uh, yeah, and and that dude in um, oh you're... Mumbai. Oh. Um, I'm, I was bullshitting. I couldn't even think of a place fast enough. That's how early it well, is. Oh, we have three listeners in Bahrain, and I just want to do a shout out to Bahrain. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Bahrain. That actually, I listened to another podcast that they have a guest on. There are other podcasts. There out are there? other podcasts out what? there. <laughs> It's like the don't acknowledge the other the no. universe of podcasts, but no, um, th- that they have on as a guest a guy who's in the military and is stationed in Bahrain and visits um, Qatar pretty often. They're they're like right over there near like the UAE in in that the Red Sea, I believe, is that little section. Uh, anyway, and who'd that guy pick to go to the NBA finals? Because all you listen to are NBA podcasts. Hey, so. hater! <laughs> this is no. This is a. This is from my basketball podcast. Oh, this so is the, he's only on the Friday mailbag where they don't talk about basketball. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Hey, take it easy out there. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Um. So anyway, we just had some other like news and TV stuff that we'd been thinking about and wanted to talk about on the podcast. Um. Yeah. But something that happened less than 24 hours ago yeah. is that uh, our Secretary of State... Our dear close personal friend of our ours. Our dear and close friend personal friend and friend of the pod, Rex Tillerson, former chief executive of ExxonMobil, mm-hmm. was fired by the president once again over Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tweet says, Mike Pompeo, director of the CIA will become our new Secretary of State. He will, do a fanta- he will do a fantastic job. Thank you to Rex Tillerson for his service. Gina Haspel will become the new director of the CIA and the first woman so chosen. Congratulations to all. So um, just continuing a trend here, basically, of Donald Trump uh, casting aside people that he no longer needs, which makes it even more baffling, the sycophants that stick by him. Because eventually, everyone who aligns themselves with Donald Trump is going to get shat on and cast to the side of the road. But they all support him as though he's the second coming. And it just forever perplexes me. Because now, Russ Tiller, sorry, Russ, Rex Tillerson will go back to his job with less money because of stuff he had to give up in order to get his cabinet job. And he will probably have gained really nothing from being in the Trump administration. He did a decent job as far as the situation he was given. He, he, uh, he was able to coordinate, um, for the first time, visits um, from the, I believe, the Saudi Arabian 
minister to Iran. Uh, he had a very good trip through um, the Far East, uh, and I shouldn't even use that term because that's kind of dated, but he uh, in Asia. Um, he was doing a decent job basically holding things together while Donald Trump tried to fuck everything up. Um, and we won't go too much into just like, you know, general politics, but yeah. safe to say this is just another indication of the instability of the administration that's running our country and kind of scary. Um, and another side note, Gina Haspel, who Donald Trump is going to appoint to the CIA to replace Mike Pompeo, who will now be the Secretary of State. Gina Haspel ran one of the CIA like black sites during the Bush administration after um, after 9/11 and and was oversaw like the torture of uh, basically a good amount of suspected Al Qaeda operatives and you know got them to win within inches of their death and did a lot of things that are very very at at the least morally wrong and then you know just by the letter of the law like basically illegal, but all these kind of American sites abroad kind of skirt the law by not being on American soil. It's all very sketchy, and she'll have to go in front of uh, Congress to answer questions before she gets fully appointed, so that'll be interesting. Stay tuned for that. Kevin, any thoughts there? Sorry, I just kind of monologued for a while. Well, uh, as a fan of totalitarianism, I'm excited for the future. (laughs) 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 Woof. Wow, no, that's um, great. It's 7.30, everybody. <laughs> no, a lot to unpack there, John. Totalitarianism. Um, it's breakfast. Yeah, yummy. Can we get some toast there before bread is $30 <laughs> a loaf? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, Trump's foreign incompetence is very much staggering. Because we can handle his BS very much domestically, but when it comes to foreign affairs, when we've just dealing with the steel and aluminum tariffs, uh, he's kind of a blunder. And I don't think Rex Tillerson was doing that fantastic of a job. I think he was doing a stable job. Yeah. He's like Nikki Haley, where it's like, oh, no news about Nikki Haley in the UN is good news. That's all it is in this administration is if they... Yeah, I don't think... He was known for being that great of a Secretary of State. He also had to follow John Kerry, who was probably one of the greatest. That's true. Uh, you know, in terms of dealing with things of all time. Um, and so I think, <laughs> I mean, I don't have any sympathy for him that he no. lost his job. It is weird, though, that because usually the Secretary of State, it, they resign. Yeah. And they throw out the... Uh, I got to hang out with my friends and family now. Or family and friends first. Friends. Family first. Yeah. I miss my friends. <laughs> Rex Tillerson is just like, I miss, I miss my, my drinking buddies. <laughs> I miss Ronnie and I miss... Uh, Trevor. I miss, uh, yeah, and Donald. And I miss hanging out with them and doing pub trivia on uh, you know, Thursdays. You know, there is one thing I'm going to miss about Rex Tillerson not being on TV as often. Mm-hmm. And it is his southern drawl talking about very serious matters. Yeah. And him just being like, I love Jakarta. <laughs> <laughs> Jakarta? Uh, yeah. Jakarta, Indonesia? <laughs> I love Jakarta. I love Jakarta. That's <laughs> <laughs> Jakarta. The, the, the funny thing is, that's how a lot of the people that I know would pronounce it. Yeah, uh, Jakarta. Yep. Here I am, my man, our. 
Me, 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 I know. I'm, I'm purposefully. Go. Don't you get the bit I'm trying to do? I'm purposely. Myanmar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's great to be here in. Um, it's that's a, why now. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's let's uh, let, let's stop there. Uh, but yeah, I it's I I mean Mike Pompeo was a congressman from the mid east or Midwest state uh i don't know if he's an upgrade or not from rex tillerson weirdly no Uh, he's definitely not (laughs) i mean he's a politician instead of a former you know giant capitalist ceo well that's true um so maybe but in these cases it's (laughs) you know considering the transition as well as pompeo's performance it doesn't it, I don't think it makes a lot of sense, like as like as well as like Tillerson's performance, because you have to like take into consideration will the difference in their performance, at least in Donald Trump's eyes, make the transition and the you know how it plays out in the media for Tillerson to get fired? Does it make that all worth it? And it just seems like a weird call. I mean, obviously we heard over the summer that reportedly Tillerson called Trump a fucking moron. So people were really hoping that when Tillerson was like, I'll no longer be your secretary of state and all I'm, I'm looking forward to going home and spending time with my family and my friends that he would, you know, in some way shit on Donald Trump. And he didn't explicitly thank Donald Trump, which is, you know, a very small victory. Yeah. The guy sent out the memo got fired that he did. Yeah. So hilarious. Yeah. But uh, yeah, nothing like instability. I'm just institutional instability. I'm just instability. worried though cuz this is a this is a weird time for foreign affairs for the United States, especially with this North Korea meeting coming up, which oh god. Yeah. <laughs> is you know, is the Secretary of State going to going to be in attendance? Oh, for sure. And something big and monumental on a foreign scale? Absolutely. Okay. They usually do attend, you know, like the G20 summits and whatnot. And do meetings themselves. But, uh, because, yeah, I don't know, I, I have this weird fear that, like, Kim Jong-un is just, like, calling President Xi of China. And she's just being like, dude, alright, when you meet Trump, holy fucking shit, man. Okay, <laughs> oh my god, bro. Here's what you gotta do. Yeah, that's to what get it sounds like. Side. Yeah, you, you want to get stuff from Trump? Oh, dude, let me tell you, just compliment his hotels and... Seriously, though. Yeah, and, and you need a good, strong Secretary of State to be like, no, Mr. President, we do not, we're not going to recognize gonna, North Korea as yeah, its own country. Yeah, we're not going to capitulate just because he yeah. said, oh, the Trump Soho is quite a nice yeah. hotel. Yeah, Kim Jong-un's just going to be like, I wish I could uh, be with uh, you. <laughs> I wish I could be with you. For our final little segment, we just wanted to talk about some TV that we've been watching lately, things that we'll be watching in the future and, you know, that people can watch along with if they're interested, um, stuff that just entertained us lately. Um, so personally, I've been, I've been watching Mozart in the Jungle, um, which has four seasons out. The most recent season um, premiered, 
I believe, starting in February of 2018. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. The last season was was dropped on Amazon February 2018. Um, it's just it's a very fun show. It stars Gael Garcia Bernal um, as as Rodrigo. He's won some awards for it. Right? He has. He's gotten nominated twice and won once at the Emmys, actually. Hmm. Um, and it has Lola Kirk playing uh, Haley Rutledge, an oboe player in the New York Symphony Orchestra, and kind of just the surrounding characters and and stories about being a musician yeah. or an artist in New York City um, and trying to do different things as well as um, new things and trying to get you know, a claim from, for the work that you're doing and trying to make it, you know, to the, the proverbial, you know, in quotations, make it, uh, in as New York city as a musician. And, um, as, as not a very talented musician, musical person, uh, it's just a real delight to watch because Gael Garcia Bernal is, is delightful as as the titular well as as Rodrigo the the conductor of the orchestra and the chemistry that he and Lola Kirk have um, as their characters grow closer to and far further apart from one another it's just uh, it's very cute but it's also it's it's not like overly cute and and too cutesy or, or kitsch it's um, they've got they do weird things they surprise you they have episodes that just go off on random tangents and then come back like nothing had happened, you know, an episode later. Um, they're quirky. They're, they're funny. They won the, 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 they won best show, uh, for comedy at the, uh, at the Emmys. Is it the Emmys or the Golden Globes? Let me just make sure. Yeah, they won Probably the Golden best Globes. television series for comedy at the Golden Globes in 2016. Mm. At that point, I think season two had come out. Um, so seasons one and two focus mostly in New York City um, on Haley as like an up and coming, like aspiring uh, oboist who wants to be in the in the symphony orchestra, and um, Rodrigo as this kind of eccentric conductor who comes to kind of bring a new life to this orchestra. Um, and then by the latter seasons, by three and four, they just kind of go to weird places they go to venice and they st they spend more than half the season in italy they go to japan in the fourth season um and it's all because of kind of the inspiration of roman coppola who is one of the showrunners and uh sometime director as well as jason schwartzman uh who kind of bring the inspiration and the obviously the means um to the show and it's just fun it's a really good easy binge watch they're only 26 to 30 minutes or so at long episodes and it's uh it's just kind of dreamy and nice yeah it's a it's a good escape show oh, so yeah. that's Sounds my recommendation fun. do you have any uh anything anything you're watching lately kevin any shows that the people should be checking out um yes i i would uh suggest uh, this TV show I watched on Netflix, and the third season is coming out now, called Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Oh, I've seen that. I, well, I've seen ads for it, and I've seen little bits and pieces. Yeah, it's it it's uh, a TV series based off uh, the Evil Dead uh, movie franchise. Mm -hmm. 
which uh, started out very low budget horror movie that took uh, director Sam Raimi and uh, the acting lead Bruce Campbell like two years to film in their small town in Michigan in uh, 1980, I think, 81, 82, over that time period. Cool. And it kind of became one of those, you know, horror hits. Uh, it's it's very much the type of horror that's really unique in that it is terrifying, but then it's also uh, humorous and clever, and it kind of started... And not just, like, gallows humor, either. It's, no. like, uh, a little bit slapstick at times. Yeah. Instead of, like, trying to be, like, the... Uh, you know, when they have to for, for, like face evil or mm-hmm. uh, deal with the evil forces coming at them... Because it's basically, you know, these undead uh, or like these demons taking over the bodies of humans. Okay. It's always like, a, well, I guess we got to face it. Instead of just being like the, we got to go in the house. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's when there's a scene where in the first seasons, them returning to the cabin from the original movie. And when they go to the cabin, you're not like, it's so scary. It's just like, well, we're in this cabin and when evil's coming at some point. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Campbell does the classic B movie star, faded actor, uh, you know, someone who thinks he's more important than he actually yes. is. Yes, thinks he's more handsome than he actually is. So well, and it's uh, that's great. And it, he he does it in such a charming way. Yeah, you can even see it just from like the Netflix title cards as you scroll by, yeah. or or things like that. He just holds himself with a kind of very. Like self-satisfied, but aware that he is, um, like worth laughing at or oh, laughing yeah. about. Yes, and the the um, side characters uh, are just fantastic. He's followed along by a, you know, kind of a punk rocker chick, and uh, then like a uh, shoot, you know, she's a badass, but also you know like a surrogate daughter to the Bruce Campbell character. Ah, of course. And then uh, there's a uh, Hispanic, you know, who's kind of like the gullible, like, uh, what are we up to? Like, oh my God, like sees uh, Bruce Campbell's character in a very uh, mythic light that Bruce Campbell's character obviously doesn't deserve. Is that, there's a, there's a, do you know who the character here? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just yeah. Google it to show look some some characters. But I think what's fun about it is that it's doing campiness and horror in such a great mixture that it it's really homogeneous instead of like heterogeneous. It it's it's done in a way that's both fun and scenes and horrifying and over the top and subtle, and the jokes are fantastic. But this is not something to watch. Uh, you know, lightly. This is, you know, it's gross. Uh, it's weird. Sometimes the jokes are not PC. Uh, it's, but ah. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Some people watch. out there might like that. Yeah. So it's Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Santiago plays Pablo Simon yep. Bolivar. Uh, Dana De Lorenzo plays Kelly Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, Jill Marie Jones as Amanda Fisher, a Michigan State trooper who's following ash and then yeah. lucy lawless it's, it's, yeah. as ruby a mysterious figure who's it's, on a quest to hunt down the source of the evil outbreak yeah the four main characters are um the three at the beginning bruce campbell's two uh, companions and then the lucy lawless character uh it, cool. it's it's just a ton of fun though and these episodes are they're only like 22 minutes each 
and it, it you can almost binge uh, each season as a very long movie on like a you know Friday night if you're by yourself, which I did. <laughs> Basically, Aww, is, yeah. No, it was, it was fine. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I need that. I'm an only child. I need Fair a night enough. to myself. Uh, it's 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 just fun, but it, warning: the humor and the fight scenes are gross, and there's a lot of uh, cornstarch. Or what corn is starch it? blood, yeah. Yeah, cornstarch, corn syrup, uh, you know, a lot of uh, gags and grossness. And sometimes you need that, um, sometimes you need that sort of, you know, show in your life. It, it sets apart from the rest. And I think in this time where every TV show, is, like serious show, is trying to be Breaking Bad and every comedy is trying to be uh, one of those serious but not serious comedies, like every... <sighs> Comedy nowadays is trying to be like transparent. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like every comedy is trying to be That's about. What I was say. It's like that SNL sketch where it's like this brand new comedy is about eight adjunct professor family members who are all struggling with depression and. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just like Tom Hanks. It's a great sketch, but uh, but it's it's the type of popcorn, you know, fun carbs comedy that I think you need to watch once in a while to remind yourself that. Uh, you know, comedy comes in various different forms and it can be smart and it can be witty and it can be gross, but in a, you know, well In a effort, totally different setting. In a totally different setting, in a well-to-do, like, well-produced, fun way. It doesn't have to, comedy doesn't have to always be, like, a smart... Clip. Like, it's it's schlock adjacent, yeah. adjacent? It can be a, yeah, it can be a, oh, yeah. But it's it's well-done schlock. Okay. And it's fun to watch schlock. And it's the type of thing where it's like you can get humor of a guy chainsawing someone and that person being, that demon being chainsawed, giving them bug eyes and going, you'll never chainsaw me. And he's like, I'm chainsawing you. It's just fun. And I highly recommend it for someone who needs a, uh, you know, easy to watch uh, comedy and is sick of like these like super smart but super serious good carbs comedies. sometimes not empty carbs just good carbs i highly recommend a pizza and uh ash versus evil dead well i i don't know a note to go out on that is better than that pizza and ash versus the evil dead so uh we'll leave it at that folks uh i want to thank you for tuning in once again uh i also want to give a quick shout out to my good friend um, Will Robinson, also known as Silvic Blue, he uh, produced some of the new music we're using now on, on the podcast. So, yeah. give him a listen on SoundCloud. I can put a I can put the link in our in our next description to his SoundCloud. But uh, thank you to Will. Also, uh, please comment, rate, and subscribe to the pod. Um, and once again, follow us on Twitter or hit us up on uh, our email. Uh, Twitter is at your fave podcast. Email kicking and streaming pod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And happy podcast the 13th. Oh. The 13th. 1-3. And we ended on a horror show. You know what? That seems appropriate and not at all, uh, not at all intended. Yeah. Cool. See you later, guys. Later.